Welcome to Tanakh Daily, a Congregation Ahavas Torah initiative. Today, we are discussing the eighth parak of Shmuel Bet, which is a short parak that caps off a series of prakim extolling the many great accomplishments of David's kingship. Here we learn that David leads successful military campaigns against the Plishtim, against Moab, Aram Damasek, Ammon, etc. He destroys or defeats these nations, and he causes many of them to become tributaries to B'nai Israel, which brings both wealth to the nation, but more importantly, honor to the nation and to Hashem. David experiences here unprecedented success, not only defending the borders of Israel, but for the first time, even expanding them. And he does all of this with a great sense of faith in Hashem. We're told in, in numerous places that David uh, gives the spoils of war, dedicates the spoils of war to Hashem, and he even goes a step further. We're told in one particular instance, David recovers a great sum of horses from an enemy force, and a normal king, under normal circumstances, would immediately take these extremely valuable weapons of war and integrate them into his own army. But David doesn't do that. David incapacitates them in such a way that they can't be used not for the enemies, but not for his own army as well. And he does this as out of a recognition that there is an attendant danger to expanding the force of one's military might by too great a degree because one can fall into the trap of thinking that military success comes because of kochi v'otsem yadi as a result of your own uh, intrinsic capabilities rather than uh, flowing from Hashem's desire for you to succeed. And so David uh, does not take, he in a certain respect looks a gift horse in the mouth and he does not take these horses. And of course, this is a direct outgrowth of, of the commandment in the Torah directed at kings, that a king should not take too many horses precisely for this reason. But, and, and, and David demonstrates that he has internalized precisely this message and it's an incredible show of faith in Hashem. There's one interesting account that stands out in this perek, uh, and that is David's treatment of Moab, which seems to be particularly harsh. It's not totally clear how to understand how David uh, decides who he's going to kill in Moab and who he spares, but it seems that he is particularly harsh and uh, kills a, a larger number of, of, the, of the Moabite population. And the question is, why does David do this? It's particularly surprising because you'll recall that when David was fleeing from Shaul, he entrusts his parents to the king of Moab, which suggests that David trusted Moab and had some sort of positive relationship with them. We don't have much context for this move by David, and so we have to now kind of fill in a few different pieces. And we could explain David's treatment of Moab in two different and opposing ways. This is, uh, I saw this written up by Rabbi Bazak, uh, and I, I like this particularly. So he, he noted, firstly, there's a medrash that's quoted by Rashi that suggests that while David entrusted his parents to Moab, we never hear that they are ever returned. We never hear anything about them again. And so the Medrash suggests that Moab must have killed David's parents. And therefore, David now takes this opportunity to exact his revenge for Moab's betrayal. And if that's the case, we would be saying that David is putting kind of his personal interests uh, out here. Uh, he's demonstrating his personal interests, and this is something that is uh, a kind of personal vendetta that David had against Moab. Alternatively, and really just the opposite, you could say, no, David felt that he could deposit his family safely in Moab because at that point, uh, David was a foe of Israel or perceived to be, right? He was Shaul's enemy. 
And Moab is this great national enemy to Israel. And so the enemy of my enemy is my friend. And so he knew he could trust Moab in this moment. He knew Moab would be willing to help him because Moab is willing to do anything that undermines B'nai Israel. And so now that David is king, uh, he goes after Moab as this kind of arc national foe. And he does so despite the fact that he has this kind of positive interaction with them. The fact that he could uh, give, uh, safe, that they gave safe haven, uh, safe harbor to David's family. So in a certain respect, uh, in this telling, in this filling in of the gaps, we, we would say that David is putting the national interest ahead of his own personal, uh, maybe, feelings of gratitude that he, that he felt towards Ma. So two radically different ways of filling in these gaps. Um, in any event, as I said, it's a short parak which, uh, though violent, describes a kind of a golden age, or perhaps a golden, I'll say, period in, the, in Israelite history, in the history of, uh, of B'nai Israel's monarchy, when things really go right. You have a king who is wholly devoted to God, who pursues justice and brought great honor to B'nai Israel and Hashem. Unfortunately, this grand picture will become much more complex and in some ways unravel in the prakim ahead. That's it for today. Chazak ve'amatz and happy learning.